Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through the day. Now here's your host, Nada Hogan. Welcome to Dare a New Belief, where you will find light and life, love and joy, healing, faith, and hope, a place where you get to believe in what is possible for your life. Today, I have the great honor to have with me a dear friend and a spiritual energetic master, Daniela von Arks, who hails from the great country of Switzerland. So Daniela, thank you so much for being with me today. I would like to introduce you to the guests by just having you say hello. Well, thank you so much, Neda. It's very nice of you to um, have invited me for this great opportunity. And hello, everyone. Thank you. So Daniela is the sweetest thing. And we're sitting next with one another. So I get to look her in the eye. And this doesn't happen very often when I do a podcast. So I'm really enjoying this. And so when I say that Daniela is, because you are a master, I don't know if you're comfortable with that, but that is exactly what came to me. Daniela is very gifted. These are very natural talents and skills that she was born with. This is not training that she got outside. And I'm not saying that that's bad, training outside of our natural gifts, but these are very natural gifts. And these came to her when she was a small child. And so I would love to talk to you about that, just how you discovered that you had different gifts and talents. And I'm sure as a child, it didn't feel like it was a gift or a talent. It might have felt like it isolated you from other people. So if you can tell us a little bit about how you discovered that you were different, that you had these beautiful gifts and talents, and how you engaged with them when you were a young child, because you grew up in Switzerland. So how you engage with them and how it all started out for you. Well, thank you for um, allowing me to share that with you. I think if I look back, I grew up in a very conservative environment. First of all, I didn't have any siblings. so I was on my own. Um, but from youngest age on, I had a very close connection to nature and to animals. And I was able to see and feel and hear things that go beyond what our five senses can perceive. Um, and that, for me, this was normal. That was just my world. My world was filled with color and voices and people and animals walking around. And I thought everybody can see them and everybody can hear those voices. And I think the first um, true experience I had when I realized this is not everybody's um, piece of pie is when I was in kindergarten and we had to, we were painting trees with watercolors and the teacher said, everybody go outside, uh, pick your favorite tree and paint the tree and be as, as realistic as possible. So I did. I painted my tree. It was summertime. There were lots of leaves on it. And then we came back inside and we were hanging those paintings along the wall. And I've noticed that my painting was very different because though there was the tree with the trunk and then the branches and the leaves, but there were, you know, the colors around them because I obviously could see auras. And so they were the, the colors, the auras, and nobody else had that. The teacher came to me and she said, 
That's a very pretty picture you've painted, but remember I told you we want to be really, really realistic? And that's when I realized that probably something was really wrong with my eyes. That was my first impression. So I went home and I was crying and I said, I you know, didn't do a good job today. And I explained to my mom and my mom, she uh, didn't really know what to think of what I was saying, but she just said, well, you know, you do have a heck of a lot of imagination and that's probably where this came from and it's okay, don't worry. And, and so that was the first time when I realized that um, things might be different. And, and from there on it went, um, in daily life, I was able to locate missing items because I knew where they were not that I'm in, so, in such a sense very psychic, but that I can read the energy and I know where to look for things. And I was able to um, speak with the animals. They were talking to me. I knew when my cat was sick or my guinea pig had an upset tummy and we would bring them to the veterinarians and they were right. Um, they were you know, saying, yes, this is so on. So this is how I, how I knew that was just a difference. So when you were young and you were saying that you saw things that other people weren't seeing and you said you saw people also, is that right? People who had already passed away spirits. Could you see them like walking around on the earth? Is that what you saw? Yes. In a sense of, um, that I was aware of their energies. Um, I never really, I wouldn't say that I saw him exactly the way they were in life, but the energy life form of a person or an individual or even, you know, an animal, when they're passing, um, can exist, can continue to exist. And there is um, the ability from the, side, from the other side, they have an ability to make themselves um, aware so that we can recognize them. So that's why sometimes when we see, well, I saw my grandma, you know, this, it takes spirit, um, it takes energy from spirit to make it, make us understand that this is grandma. So very often they use, that they can materialize the image, so to speak, or it can be a scent. It can be, um, I'm just thinking about my own grandma. She always used this rose water soap. And so that's a clue now when I smell that rose water soap, I know she's nearby before I see the spirit, which now I only see as a, as a light, as a very beautiful, strong and bright and brilliant light. Um, so in that sense, I was just always aware that they are here, that they're with us right here, right in this room, just like right now here, I can identify at least five individuals. Oh, in this room right now, yeah. this is awesome. And so is it the energy, the light that you see, not an actual form of, because I, I think we're so limited in our thinking yeah. and, the, and that we need to see something that looks like us or resembles that person because that's the only way that we know how to identify it. Oh my gosh, this just made me think. There's so many times that I'll look out my living room window and I have a lot of bushes and a lot of trees and there's faces, not like a human face, but just the way the shadows are. So the way the leaves will be and then yeah. the shadows of the leaves, there's faces in that. And it's like, is that, is that an energy, not just the way that the shadow is because yeah. that face will stay there no matter what the time of the day is. And it's, it stays exactly the same. So the energy that you see in here, so can you identify who those people are that are in this room? And just so listeners know, we're not in a location 
that is your home or my home. We're in a very neutral location where we have no attachment. We have no ownership to the place that we're at here at all. So I'm curious to who are these energies that are around us? Um, Well, first of all, to answer your first question, Nada, um, how do you know who's who? It's very simple. You have to ask. Okay. So if I, for example, in encounter a spirit and I know that it's for a reason the spirit would like to bring a message forward and I'm not sure exactly who this is or to for whom this message might be I ask I ask would you please identify yourself it's I honestly to everybody who's listening right now this is how simple it is it comes down to opening your heart and making that connection from deep inside putting your rational mind which now says you're probably not, and there is nothing going on, and that's just a little shadow play, right? Put that aside and say, but yes, but what if? Why not? Why not assuming the best? Why not thinking maybe there is something to it, and maybe this is really, really important, and that's why I'm being made aware of it right now. And the next step is to say thank you. Say thank you for visiting and thank you for stopping by. Could you please let me know who you are or could you please identify yourself? Just say it in your own language and then see what happens next. It might be an image that pops up in in my head. It might be a scent, um, like my grandmother's rose water. It might be a sound um, that I hear internally, not maybe through my ears, you know, but it, I just hear maybe a bell or or a song or anything that could lead to that form of identification. And I, I want to know right now at the very beginning of this, I believe wholeheartedly that we all are born with these talents, that we all are born with the ability to connect with our loved ones, with, you know, if, with our spirit guides, even with our angels, if we are allowing that connection to grow but you know we're born in this materialistic world and we have to follow certain rules and when we're young we're being told what we need to focus on and usually our focus needs to go to more rational and materialistic topics which is definitely very important because this is where we're going to spend a good 80, 90, 100 years, right? So you're going to have to figure out how to play the game, so to speak. But unfortunately, when we're that young, we will lose that, we will disconnect if we're not being encouraged to keep the connection. And I don't have to tell you that in the Western world, that's pretty common. So this is exactly what happened to me when I was young and I saw everyone. I would tell my mom, I saw Aunt Ida. And she would say, no, you didn't because Aunt Ida is dead. And I would say, I know, but she's here. (laughs) And my mom would say, okay, let's change the topic. She is not. Um, And that's how I just learned this is probably not good. This is, this is, my mom doesn't like it. And I'm not supposed to talk to people about this. My mom would tell me, she would say, don't talk about these invisible people to other, because it's not good. It's not good for you if you talk about this. And that led me to believe that I probably have to keep it a secret. So I had a lot of secretive relationships. (laughs) (laughs) Which sounds funny because if you would know me, you would know I'm not that kind of person, but I did have a lot of, and then that's when I would just go to a park or to the forest and sit under a tree and have all these beautiful conversations where I learned a lot about transitioning. Another thing that happened to me when I was young or since I was young, I experienced a lot of death in the family, in the neighborhood, um, people, animals, 
from a very young age, there was just a lot of coming and going in my life. I created or I, um, I just kind of developed a very different relationship to passing, to when people are ready to pass and eventually die. Um, and I, because I was able to see and feel and hear on a much broader level, I should say, it was not as scary to me maybe as it is to many. And I was not able to, um, I wasn't able to put this in words for, and you, you might notice that I, I struggle with putting things in words and that has nothing to do with the fact that English is my second language. Trust me, I have the same issue in my mother tongue that I can't really explain what I see, but I wish I could show you the image I have in my head yeah. um, because it is beautiful and it is um, not as scary as we are trying to believe. And don't you feel like the reason you can't put it into words either in your mother language, which is Swiss, or in English, because it's not an earthly experience. There's not earthly words to be able to describe that, that it's so out of this world that there's not words that would give it the justice So we have to paint a picture in the words that we understand enough so we can kind of get a clue or or grab on to at least that little bit of that feeling. Does that sound true? That is very, very true. And I don't want to say now that language is limiting. Please believe me, that's not what I'm trying to say. It's a very beautiful tool of communication, but it's not very universal because one needs to learn the language in order to be able to communicate However, if we look at the way spirit is communicate with me or with, with anybody, it is through colors and sounds and pictures and um, images and all these things which we all understand. Yeah. No matter where we come from, we do understand sound. We get similar feelings when we hear certain things. We do understand color and images. So I think that's more of a universal language maybe and that's why um that's you're absolutely right it is it is very three-dimensional when i receive information it is not um it's not wrapped in words it is very 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 three-dimensional and very colorful and nice (laughs) yes yes this just popped into my head because as you were explaining that i kept remembering how so many times there's just a feeling I just will get a feeling. So as you know, my daughter, Dara, was killed in a car accident when she was 18, and that was 11 years ago. And for me, it's always because to me, one in eight is one with infinity. So there's always something very uh, beautiful and significant about that age. And now that it's 11 years, right, just one in one, there's just something very significant about that. It feels like this year is just very powerful in ways that I haven't discovered the words to be able to express that but how many times I've just been walking and have just had a feeling, just a feeling that will just wash over me. That's just, everything is okay. I'm consciously, I'm not thinking about anything. I'm not consciously trying to figure out a problem. I'm just enjoying maybe just going for a walk in the park and looking at the trees and listening to the birds and seeing the water and listening to the water and just this a wash. It doesn't have to happen just in nature. That's just an example. But that feeling, and to me, that just always feels like it's that 
entity, that spirit, that person that just breezes by us, you know, um, maybe flows in and flows out of us. I don't know, but I know that I get that feeling that it's just everything is okay. And that's how I feel when you're speaking of this. It's the same way that it can just show up just as a feeling. Yes, absolutely. And Nada, here is a question to you. How do you know this feeling is connected with your daughter and is not just a production of your mind? How do you know that? Right. That, uh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting. How do I know that? You know, I, can't, I don't know if I can answer that. And I don't know if I can answer that because there's also times that I can feel my mother. There's also times that I can feel my father. And, and how is it? Maybe it's the way that energy lands on me because it feels like when it's my father, it feels like it's more of a, I want to say there's a confidence in that energy, but not like I'm more confident that I'm feeling the energy, but, but it's a, maybe that I don't, I'll have to really think about this, but that's how it feels right now, that it's a confident energy. It's a stronger energy. When it's my mother, it's more of this sweet, loving, nurturing energy. And when it's my daughter, it's very playful and very much, oh, it makes me want to cry, very much, um, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. So tell, tell me why yeah, you, because yeah. I know you're going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere. I'm so sorry for having no. put you on the spot. No, no, no. But great. the reason why I'm saying this, and this is to all listeners, I would like you to know that you can identify the difference very easily by yourself. And the first rule of that is don't listen what others say. Mm. Because the way you receive these feelings is very unique, just like you are a very unique person. So what happens is um, that knowing you are describing and that was somewhat even connected to the personality traits of the people you are missing, um, that knowing is others would describe it also as a sense of just being very familiar with it. Mm -hmm. So familiar that you know it comes from a different source than as if it would be a thought. And to the ones of you who are very, um, who like to have a really good reason and rhyme um, sentence, I can tell you that you can ask yourself, where in your body did you feel it first? Literally, physically in your body, you know that if something comes from our brain, our thoughts, it's probably um, in our mind, that's where we receive it. And some people can even say, well, it's here, right? Back here on this area, that area. And I don't need, you have to go into that much detail. But most likely, the feelings that are triggered, that are messages from the other side, enter a, in a different area in your body. For example, it could be in your heart area. It could be in your throat area. It could be in your tummy and you probably can now um, probably can imagine that I'm going in the direction of chakras yeah. because they are they have a very big impact on that. Um, so very often spirit is using our chakras to send us messages because from an energetic perspective, spirit's energy can connect with chakras well. It's like a spinning wheel of energy, and it's also something like a, a point of attraction, so to speak. So it's easy for energy to connect with it. So identify that and try to feel, for example, my heart chakra is very strongly developed. I can feel it in my heart. Mm -hmm. 
And I, that's why I know, I know if I get a message and I know if it's my mind, maybe my mind is sad and is missing someone and is, is trying to make up something. I totally know the difference and I'm barely ever wrong. But trust me, I had to figure that out first because there are many years of, oh, that's probably not real. I don't know if this is something or not. There was a lot of doubt for many years until I came to this realization. So, and that doubt for you was because it kept getting shut down from school, from, yeah. from authority figures. Mm-hmm. So when then did you, did you kind of just push that off to the side, just saying, well, this is crazy. This is, I, I don't know what's going on with me, but this isn't normal. So I'm not even going to pay attention to that. I'm just saying these words. I don't know if that's how you felt, but then so if you can tell us what that was and then when did you get reconnected with this again? And, and how often do you think, because it makes me wonder for myself, I don't remember ever having the experiences that you have had that you speak of, but I remember clearly being, I want to say four years old. It's four or six. And I sat at the end of my, I asked my mom if she could go and have a a private conversation with me. And it was after we, I think, at least this is what my memory, what what my recall of the memory is. We had, my sister, my mom, and I had gone to Dr. Zhivago. I don't even know what that movie's about. I have no idea, but I think I need to watch it again and see, will that spur something on? But I asked her to, to have this private conversation with me. So we're sitting at the end of her bed. And I said, I, I don't understand what this is about. Life. I don't understand what this is about. It makes no sense to me at all. So to be four years old or six years old and questioning what in the hell are we doing here, that still means something big to me because that's not something a little mind would be questioning if you're just playing and having fun. I mean, we were making mud pies and riding bicycles and eating ice cream and having carnivals in our backyard and doing fun stuff. So why am I questioning? Because it was so clear to me going to school, growing up, getting married, having babies, and then retiring to do what? I mean, I, 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 and of course I'm too young to even understand the concept of what retirement is, but I knew that you had to go to work because that's where money came. So you could pay for your house and pay for your food. But why? What is the point of all of that? And so um, it makes me wonder if there was part of me that really questioned a whole lot of stuff or that I was having a connection with this whole other energetic world and it just got shut down because either I brought it up enough times and people, you know, because I'm the youngest of five, you know, we don't have the time for this or quit that stupid talk or, or whatever it happened to be. But, um, yeah, it's amazing because every now and then that will just pop back up in my head because I know that there's a connection to that. I just don't know what that is for sure. But for you, so how did that go for you when you shut it down? And then when did you get reconnected? And were you completely shut down where it's just like, I want this out of my life because it makes me so different from everybody else? Or was it, how did you deal with that? Yeah, that is a good question. And um I hope that what I'm saying right now is going to help people who, who suffer from that as well. So when I was young and I went through all these experiences and I realized that I probably shouldn't talk about it, I became, I started to develop a double life. So I had myself out there during the day and being good, doing what it was supposed to do. And in my private time, so when I was by myself, I would still have all these conversations with my spirits. You know, this was such a strong or such a 
important part of me, I couldn't let go of it. It's like I would have, I would have literally had to cut off my leg of mine. That's how it would have felt. It, it was just, it was me. This is who I am. And I just became to think that, well, then I just have to wear a different outfit when I go out there into the world. And that's how I slowly started to develop. Like, you know, when I'm out there, I'm not talking about these things. Uh, when I'm in with myself, I will. And um, you can imagine, dear listeners, what kind of trouble this brought me in at school and school <laughs> psychologists. And I was, you know, I was definitely not a, a social butterfly. I would be by myself and nobody could figure out why I was, would be happy being by myself. I was called to be antisocial and I had all kinds of people judging me for why I was not like others. And um, somehow I made it through that. Somehow, because I had this deep love and understanding and knowing that there is a different side to the world, I became to, um, my compassion became to grow tremendously. And the, the benefit of that was that I started to understand why people would react in a certain way because I noticed that they're missing that connection. So when my mom would get really upset or would do something, you know, which maybe she shouldn't have done, I knew why, I knew where it came from because I saw it. I saw it in her history. I saw it in, even as a young child, even with five, six years, I would take care of my mom. I became her caretaker when she was very depressive or when we had issues with alcohol at home because I knew where her suffering came from. I could relate to that. And, I, um, and that helped me to value what I had. And over the years, I became to appreciate that, that it's something really precious that can help me to help others by, by being understanding, by being compassionate. And um, it just grew with me over the years, literally. And of course, you know, when I was a teenager, there were other big issues I had to go through, right? And that probably fell a little bit in the background. And then I had years where it was a little bit more pronounced, but I always kept it very private. Um, it was really difficult for me to share this also with my partners, you know, with my boyfriends and then with my husband. It was always something I worried I would be judged for because I'd still as even today, I keep it a secret very often. Not very many people know this about me and I, I worry what they would think of me. So that's that innate fear, which I never really was able to let go of. But what I would like to say is, you know, with this connection we have, it's the connection to our life force. We can't just push it away like, I'm never going to play the guitar anymore. I hate all guitars and then we're not playing it anymore. This is part of who we are with every breath. With every moment in life, we are experiencing it. It's just that we need it sometimes. We need to put it a little bit aside. Um, and I look at it as look, put it in a very beautiful little box and know that it's there for you. It never gets weaker. It never gets stronger. You can never lose it. It's always there for you. It's up to us to say, okay, now is the time. Let's do it. Let's talk about this. Let's, let's be more open about it. Um, and then enjoy it as such. I hope this makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It does. So when you do work, you do energy, there's so many things I want to ask you. You do energy work. And so, and, and I know this because you, you have done energy work on my dog who just, I think it was just a month ago, um, 
she's older and she has some health issues. And I think I just overwalked her. And so one hip was already bad. And then the other hip, it was like, I thought she was paralyzed. I could not get her to stand up. I was trying to lift her up out of her bed. So that reflex, you would have to put your legs underneath you and her legs would just completely collapse. So because I do acupuncture, I have a lot of tools. And so I was doing uh, cold lasers on her and PEMF pads on her to, that's really good for inflammation and to, and to heal tissue and nothing, nothing was changing. And now granted, I had been doing that for probably, oh, I don't know at this night, I don't remember clearly, but maybe five hours or so off and on for five hours. So I asked you, Daniela, if you would do some energy work with my dog. And then you asked me very specific questions about her. And then um, I gave you the information that was necessary for you to do your work. I got off of the, the phone um, you, you did whatever it is that you do behind the scenes. And then you let me know when you were doing the work and honest to God, within five minutes, that dog had not laid down. She will not, when she's scared or in pain, she will not relax. She will not lay down. She laid down and she had not laid down for in these five hours. I could not get her to lay down and panting, panting, panting. She finally laid down and rested, literally started to fall asleep. I, I was sleeping out in the living room with her because I didn't want her to try to get up and then falling and I wouldn't hear her because I'd be in the bedroom. So I'm sleeping in the living room and my husband comes out at, I don't know, a couple hours after I'd fallen asleep and he's like, why are you mad at me? Why are you sleeping in the living room? And I said, because I have to stay with Tasia. Her, her hips are all messed up. And he's like, she's sleeping in the bedroom. It's like, what? So in the middle of the night, she got up and she walked away. This work that you, I've got to witness it. I got to be part of that. And I'm happy to say, because I think that energy work goes on and on and on. It's not like a one and done. And maybe sometimes you need to direct that energy more than one time, or maybe even more than 10 times. I don't know. Um, but I know that she's doing better now than she has done in a very long time. And I 100% equate that to you and the work that you did. So since you keep this a secret and kind of under wraps, how do people know how to contact you? Or is that something that you only do work with personal referrals? Because, you know, like a lot of people like me, I, I mean, I market myself, I put it out there, this is what I do. And, you know, and this is how I want to be able to help you. And that is not what you do. So I'm not sure what my question is exactly, but because your, your gift, you have such a beautiful gift. And I know that you do work. I know you do work with people, but I'm assuming that it's just word of mouth and then people just contact you and say, you know, hey, not that I'm, I'm not trying to market you out to the world, Daniela, because I know that that's not what you're here for. But yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not sure exactly what I'm asking you because I know you do more work. So people must just be contacting you because they know you. It's just somebody refers you to somebody else. Because I know that you're working with somebody else that I know yeah. and is getting fabulous results. So I guess if you, if you would yeah, speak to that. Absolutely. So, you know, it's, um, that's a really good question. And I'm actually glad you're asking that because I might need some advice on that. So um, I definitely do it whenever I, when people, I know people find me. If somebody needs mm -hmm. this type of help, they will find me. And I full, wholeheartedly believe in that. Um, so I, um, you know, I have a daytime job and I have a very busy life. And I think that was keeping me from offering it on a broader spectrum because it does take some energy in the sense of that I have to make sure I am balanced and I keep myself, you know, clean and free of um, 
negative thoughts and all these things when I work with uh, someone. And so um, I think that was probably the main reason why it was holding me back from doing more of that. Another thing I really, really would like to point out, and I appreciate so much how kindly you're speaking of me, but I hope you know that it is not me who made that big change in, you know, um, your lovely companions' back legs. It is um, the energy that is moving. And I see myself as a person who can connect. I can make connections really easily because I see them very clearly. I know when there is something missing. I know where is a blockage. I know where we have to increase a little bit more. And then I have the ability developed over all these years when I can focus my energy so strong and so um, I can channel it in, in an area and that will help to release a blockage. At the same time, I never, ever have any expectations. I don't. I'm not sitting down and saying, my goal is to help um, this particular person to um, not having a stuffy nose anymore. Yeah. Never. I focus on, first of all, being grateful that's usually how I start, that I'm in a position to be asked for help. I think that's a great honor. And I'm very, very grateful for that um, to the individual who's asking me as well as to spirit who will be um, helping me, assist me, or maybe I should say I assist them, right? <laughs> um, and then I just, I just fill myself with love and compassion for the individual. And I say, please just do, do what is needed most what's in the best interest of him or her that might just happen now and that I might just be that channel that can help with that energy to flow freely and move freely that's all I do I never because the moment we put up expectations that's when our ego starts to work with then is that's when our ego says well I, I want to heal this I want to make this unhappen I want to change the world I want to do this and these are all wonderful thoughts but Whatever stems from our ego, whatever is driven from that part in our mind that, is, um, that wants to be successful and wants to see results, even though that's really, it's a really good thing to have that in life, right? But when you work with energy, that needs to be put aside because the flow of energy cannot be restricted by anything that has to do with personal will. Right. Because we're all connected. We're all in this together. And that is so very, very true. And all we have to do is open up to that opportunity and allow that energy to flow. And that's when things just fall in place. Magically, we would say. <laughs> yes, yes. And this reminds me of a wonderful conversation that you and I had. Um, this conversation you and I had in person was probably... I don't know, two months ago, three months ago, maybe even four months ago, it was a, I think there was still snow on the ground, or at least it was still chilly out. And we had this conversation about when there's two people passing one another and where your eyes will just catch one another. And it doesn't have to be, it's not a sexual attraction. It's just, there's something, it, it can be same sex. It can be opposite sex, but you catch one another's eyes enough to where you both in passing, you both turn and you look at one another. So it's not just you turning to look back at that person. That person's also turning and looking back at you. And you described that you gave that words that was so, I, the one part I remember is you said it was like two energy bubbles that do this energetic kiss. And it was like, Oh my God, I still, to this day, I see these little energy bubbles with this little energetic 
kiss. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because that for me is just ooh la la. That 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 is the price of admission for me. I love it. I love it. Oh, that is so sweet. Ooh la la. Okay, let's talk ooh la la. <laughs> so, um, and I believe this is probably you all can relate to that. If you go into a room with people, let's say you're at work, you walk into a meeting. Or let's say you are in a room and somebody else comes in. I mean, if you're honest with yourself, you pretty much know what's going on in that room before you even hear anybody's comments. You walk in and you get a feeling and you you say, oh, they did something very subtle. And very often we don't pay attention to it because our next response is now we have to say something. We have to introduce ourselves or we have to do our job, so to speak. But take a moment when you pass by someone or when you walk in a room where other individuals are already in and just listen to that feeling. And it might just be, oh, this is really tense in here or, oh, what a happy little mood. But you're not focusing on the words or on the faces, just the energy. You literally do it while you have your eyes closed, just for, you know, kind of blink your eye for a little bit longer than usual. Keep your eyes closed for a second or two. Nobody will think anything about it, but taking that energy. And that's just telling you that we all can feel that, that connection. And so it's the same thing. If you expand on that, let's say if you will be practicing that on a daily basis, which is, I have to tell you, is really, really fun. Yeah. Okay. If you start to work with yourself and experience with how you are connecting with people and the energies, you're going to get such a joy out of that. It's unbelievable because you're going to find out there is a part inside of you that's just so beautiful, natural, and wants to play and wants to see colors and wants to connect and wants to be happy. And that's the true you. So let it out sometimes. And the way you can do that is by practicing. So you have these ulala kisses. Um, when you pass by someone, you, you might feel a positive or a negative feeling about it. Have you been standing in a bus or you stand in a line and you wait and you feel like, ooh, I'm not comfortable. It's, is it something going on in my back? And it's just a person behind you. Now, if you can see energy, it looks very different. If two people get along, there is this beautiful connection line and it sparks little colors and it's just like a kiss, right? Um, And if people maybe are not so much aligned with each other or maybe just had a little confrontation and do not feel so good about each other, it's quite the opposite. You can see that the point of contact between the energies is a little bit like fringed and frazzled. It looks like there is a little bit nervous energy going for and back in between. And so it's really fun to see that because let's say if I go in a meeting at work, I can look around and I know exactly how people are connected with each other. And it helps me tremendously when I have a conversation on a topic, I know who to ask first and where to wait and who needs a little break and so on. So doing that is just also, it's another way of understanding that A, we are connected. B, we are impacting each other. Even without saying a word, we are impacting each other. And most of all, we have a lot of power over our own life because we are in charge of our own energy. And I don't have to tell you that about the, you know, half glass is full or empty kind of um, thing. We have a choice every single moment in life to either assume the best and think positive, even if it's a really 
you know, icky situation, like, oh my goodness, I have to sit in this three hour meeting and I hate that and I don't like a topic, it's going to be boring and I have a headache and quack, quack, quack. Or we can say, oh, right, now we can't avoid the three hour meeting and the topic is not down my alley, but what else can I get out of that? Maybe I can learn something from another person. Maybe my questions will be answered. Maybe I discover something totally new. Maybe I should just sit, be open and patient. And the reason why I'm saying this is when we are opening our energy, that's when other people are getting that kissy moment too, because we're connecting in a positive way. We're not um, armoring ourselves against influences and thinking, oh, I don't want to touch anybody today because the socks and I don't like this, right? Yeah. We're going to go like, okay, it's nah, you know, I'm in a neutral phase. I'm feeling okay. I'm not fond of this meeting, but what the heck? Let's just make the best out of it and assume the best and be relaxed. So relaxing and being, um, assuming the best and um, taking that in is very important too. So do you think that one person, so if we're sitting in a fairly large room and let's yeah. say that there's 50 people in here and everybody in this room, and you've not entered the room or I've not entered the room and everybody in here is very resistant to being in this room for whatever the reason is. They don't want to be in here for this hour long or three hour long meeting. Do you believe that you just coming in with a completely different energy or myself or anybody coming in with a completely different energy, just saying, I am open to all possibilities of everything that I have to choose. This isn't the thing that I would choose for me today, but this is a requirement for my job or whatever it happens to be. And so I choose to come in with just, with just openness. I just choose to have an open heart and come in. Do you believe that that one person will have an impact on the 50 people that are in the room and allow their energy to start changing almost like if you have cold water running over your hands because cold is just an energy and then if somehow the water warmed up maybe the water had to go through the water heater and now the water is turning warm we're not do the first water that comes out is cold but then it warms up as as that hot water is making it through the, the pipe and pushing out the water that's been sitting there that's already cold so not saying that we're coming in deliberately to change the situation, but we're just coming in with a different energy, that just that different energy has an impact that the people in that room feel that. And they just have this little subtle shift, like, oh, maybe it's not going to be as bad as I thought. Without us doing anything, we just show up with a different energy. Do you believe that that is true? Um, yes. If a person is open and willing to see, but maybe they're not there at that moment. Yeah. Maybe they still have to work through something. So to answer your question, yes, absolutely. If you or if I walk in that room and there is a person who says, oh, that's exactly what I needed. I needed some uplifting energy. And I think this person actually makes me feel good, the one who just walked in. Then absolutely you have that impact and it's 100% just more proof how connected we are. Yeah. But the person next to that um, you know, individual might be really still sitting sitting somewhere really deep inside in a bad spot, not able to connect, not open to make the change yet, still needs to work through some things by him or herself, and then it's not going to work. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. What matters is that we are opening up to it and allowing people to connect if they would like to, and if they don't, let go and yeah. say, okay, that might be not the right moment but I'm keep on spreading my positive energy and I'm here for this person. If they want to reach out, I'm right here. I'm not going to change. Yeah. 
that's really, really important not to push it, not to expect big changes or big things. It's the little things in life that make things different. And it's so important to recognize them. And if you have 500 people in a room and you can help only one person to feel better, you already did your job. Absolutely. And that one person goes off to affect how many other people. As you're talking, it reminds me when I was first really learning how to, because universal laws, spiritual principles, it's very new for me. I mean, it wasn't, I dabbled in it somewhat, but it's like, I don't know if I was really a believer that you could control your life. I think I grew up in victimhood. It's whatever the world gives to you, whatever happens, it's the luck of the draw. So some people are just super lucky through life and other people are like, oh, you, you know, you, you got the short stick. And I truly believe that. So when anything bad would happen, bad in quotation marks, because I completely have changed my, my thinking on if something is good or bad, right or wrong, it just is. It's the meaning we give to that thing. But when I was first discovering that sometimes there's things that we have to go through, like that meeting with 50 people or 500 people. And it's like, oh my gosh, I just cannot even believe I have to go and do this. And we're in such resistance. And I've gotten to a point enough in myself to feel that connection inside of me, which I always say, it's just my soul speaking to me or my intuition, whatever that knower is in me that's just saying, let that thing go. Let it go. Just You don't know what's going to happen in this moment. Show up as your best self. And always, it's like that little kid in me that just wants to stomp his foot and say, fine, just fine. I'll do it this time, but dang it. <laughs> right? Because, And I think whenever we're open and learning something new, Whenever it takes us down a path, this is not my norm. I'm not, this is not familiar to me. And even though my life wasn't so good doing it the way that I did it before, I'm familiar with that. At least I know what to expect. I, I can expect to be feeling crappy all day long and wake up tomorrow going, oh, good God, it's another crappy day. But when I don't know what I'm walking into, I almost have to let go of my control and not predict how that day is going to be. But yet I can actually have a better day by letting go. Does that, I don't know, does that make sense? It's almost like a leap of faith. Yes. You have to trust that it's going to be okay. Yes. And we all know that life is a roller coaster. There are really good times and then there are sometimes not so good times, right? And it's always going back up and sometimes it comes down again. And that's just part of life. And um, I absolutely agree with you. It's just be open to it and accept it, accept the impossible and allow yourself to dream. I also want to say, you know, the things we are hoping for, our dreams, our wishes, they can come true. Mm -hmm. And I think you know more about that than I do, Nada. But, you know, positive thinking and visualizing good outcomes and all these wonderful things are happening because we are creating our world inside of us first. And then we materialize around us. And understanding that it's so powerful, so tremendously empowering. It's for and it works for everyone, no matter how old, how young. Yeah. Really, really doesn't matter. Just do it. And that's also when we do that, we make this planet a better place. Because guess what? If we're happy, everybody's happy, right? You Absolutely. know that. Look, just look at home. If mom is happy, <laughs> right? Or if right. mom is not happy, right. it's a different spin. So yeah. think about it that way. By It's not a selfish thing to visualize good things for yourself. Right. Um, because you are helping others as well by being whole and happy and healthy. 
Absolutely. And I think that's something that I'm not saying anything bad about my parents. I think my parents did a beautiful job raising the five of us kids. I think they did a fabulous job. But I know that, that we absolutely grew up, don't ask for too much. And not necessarily that you're going to be disappointed. It wasn't that kind of thinking, but it was you're greedy to want more, no matter what it is, a bigger, better car, a bigger, better house, a bigger, better bicycle, whatever it happens to be, it was, that's greedy to want more. I always equate it back to nature because it's, you look at trees or perennials, every single year, they come back bigger, better, stronger than they did the year before. And nobody looks at a forest going, good God, look at that greedy ass forest over there. There's a gajillion trees now. And yesterday there was just five. What the hell? We never do that. And we're part of that. But I think it's how it got all misconstrued when it's dog eat dog and I have to step on you. So for me to have the things I want, there's only so much pie. If I want to have my piece of the pie and maybe even a little bit more than my piece, then I have to push you out of the way so I can get that. That's not true at all. And the part about, because I've had people say this to me, you just think positive. You're just an optimist. And it's like, yeah, I am an optimist and I am positive because what's the other choice? No matter what is happening, I still can look at that from a place of optimism and come up with a really great idea. Not even me coming up with it, being dropped in from spirit or universe or wherever that comes from. Like from this, this thing can happen from this, just like the post-it notes, you know, those little post-it notes, yeah. because that was a mess up. That it, The glue wasn't sticky enough. That whole thing was a failure and ended up becoming this wonderful, beautiful thing we all use. So if you have a choice to be a pessimist or an optimist, I take an optimist and then throw the challenges at me. At least I'm going to look at it with a different perspective. And that was the thunderbolt from God. So that was words of truth. <laughs> That's very beautiful. Absolutely. And please remember that um, thinking positive and having positive thoughts is reflected in your energy field. And it, you can heal yourself with that. I really, really mean it. I can be, I'm witness to that every single day when I look at people and I see their energy. I know, I know how much their negativity or their negative thinking is actually hindering them from getting better from whatever they might be um, suffering from. So you really, really do yourself a great job. And I'm, I'm guided here. I know we probably come to very close to, I would like to say a couple things. Um, first of all, if you feel drawn to reach out to me, once you hear this, um, would you please reach out to Nada? Um, I'm very open to um, receive your, you know, maybe contact and we can talk a little bit and I can see how I can help you. And um, it would be a great honor. And I'm also drawn to tell you, and that's right now my spirit guide, which has told me to put that in, is I would like to share with you another time something about end of life, mm -hmm. because I know this is such a huge, painful moment in life for very many of us, um, not just for our own journey, but our, you know, beloved ones. And um, I would like to share a few things with you about that, that hopefully can um, ease some pains. Does that mean we get to do this again? We get to meet up and do another podcast? I don't know. I think I went out on a limp here. <laughs> Hey, that's up to you. 
Yes, 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 yes. Because I know because we've talked about a lot of stuff and that was one of the things that I know we wanted to talk about today. So yeah. yes, so if this means we get to have another meeting and we get to share this information because it is true, people don't know what to do with death. It's a heavy subject, it's a hard subject and it's the one that's in our face every single day and nobody ever talks about it. And so, um, yes, I would love to do that. And in my mind, I'm already scheduling a date. So we'll have to talk about that when we come off air. And you are right. We're going to start circling this and bringing it in for a landing. And all of Daniela's information, all of Daniela's information, you will be able to contact me and then I will be able to pass that on to Daniela. So there will be no problem with that, um, being able to connect with Daniela. And is there anything else as we're bringing this in for a landing? Is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners that when they get done with this, they just get to say, Oh, Oh, I just feel really hopeful right now that that just felt really good to me. Is there something you would like to share? Um, I think, thank you so much, Nada. What I would like to let you know is, I know we were really hopping around here, right? <laughs> I think we, we didn't, honestly, to everyone, we didn't plan it very structured, and I'm grateful for that, but we were really hopping around. But what you hopefully take away is the, the idea that things are very much connected. So our own well-being, um, the beloved ones around us, our environment, our life, um, what happens after, what comes before is all connected and we just don't really see it with our eyes, but it's there. And I'm proof of that. I'm witness of that. Um, I've also had a few um, near death experiences. So I had glimpses and I know more is to come. And I'm saying this in the most respectful way to just calm you and want you to know that things will be fine. Um, even on bad days, things will be eventually fine. So I wish you all a wonderful day. <laughs> oh, Daniela, thank you so much. And you're 100% true. We did nothing was scripted. We're all over the place because I like it to be just a conversation where somebody's just listening and going, Ooh, what are they talking about? You never know where it's going to go. And I just adore you. And um, I'm so blessed to have you in my life. And we will schedule another date to have another podcast and do podcast number two with Daniela Von Arks. All right. Thank you so much, Daniela. And to all of the listeners, remember, all you have to do is contact me. And that information, of course, will be in the show notes. And I can get that information over to Daniela. So I'm going to swing it around one time just so Daniela can say goodbye one more time with that sweet, beautiful, loving. Because her heart is as soft and loving as her voice. That's one of the things. I mean, I wish you could see this. I wish this was a video so you could see you because you just have twinkles in your eyes all of the time, Daniela. If you could just say goodbye to the guest one more time. Goodbye, everyone, and thank you, Nada. You're welcome, Daniela. Thank you. Much love to everybody, and we will be back next week. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information that you can use right away. If you like what you've heard here, please subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to rate and review right there on iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.